And welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. We're bringing you a combine edition of the Chris and Joe Show. You haven't heard us for a few days because we have been waiting in anticipation for the drills and our first opportunity to see these prospects in a competitive situation. And we have some pretty big takeaways from today's events. There were a lot of guys that showed up, showed out, did a lot of great things, and that really improved their draft stocks significantly. But it seems like the early biggest story here at the Combine was the sled, as quoted by Daniel Jeremiah, Fred the sled, that was causing fits for the tight end group. For whatever reason, we were just discussing this, Chris, nobody could figure out how to move it except for one guy. We'll talk about that that one guy, but everybody kept trying to flip the damn thing, and I don't think any of them understood what the drill was supposed to be for a first-time drill. Yeah, it almost looked back like, if you think back a couple years, it was a video that went viral on Twitter of Chandler Jones breaking a a blocking sled. It looked like they were trying to do that. It looked like they were literally trying to break the drill instead of push it down the field. Basically, they would come up out of their stance, which very few of them even looked comfortable in a three-point stance, which considering very few of them were ever really in three-point stances is understandable. But they come out of the three-point stance and basically stand directly up and try to flip the sled over like it's a tractor tire. Yeah, it really wasn't working out for a lot of these prospects. And I think we're going to have to see when the offensive line group goes out They'll probably have an easier time, but if there's any instance where a a large number of guys are struggling to move the sled properly and it's stuck in the ground again, well, then the scouting combine is going to possibly have to reevaluate if this drill really works and if they're also using the right sleds. It seems like they were completely brand new sleds. Maybe that was impacting being able to move it, maybe being on turf was impacting being able to move it uh, evenly and perfectly. But I do agree that there were a good number of guys that were coming out high on their stances. They were hitting the pad up a little bit too high. And then they were rolling their hips way too quickly. Instead of trying to drive off of uh, out of their stance, they were trying to push the sled up into the air. And that's not going to work against a defensive end. That's not going to work against a, a very heavy sled. But our first player for winners that we're going to be discussing today uh, in today's show, we're going to give you the guys from each position group that had a really good day that helped their draft stock, and then we're going to cap it off with our big performers of the day. But our first tight end of the day, who I alluded to, was the only guy who we watched, and I tweeted immediately, that actually moved the sled the way that it was supposed to be moved. It came off the ground a little bit, but it actually went back a few yards, and that was Dayton's Adam Troutman moved the sled, but he also looked very clean in his positional drills. And if we're talking about how he tested athletically, a 4.840, not super fast, but pretty much what we were expecting. The bigger, crazier numbers are the fact that he ran a 4.27 short shuttle, had a 34-inch vertical at 255 pounds, and then to cap it off, he had a crazy fast three-cone drill. 6.78 was the number for him. Yeah, like a 6.78 three cone is fast for anybody you know that that is a fast three cone for a wide receiver just to put that into a little bit of perspective sterling shepherd's three cone was seven seconds i believe odell beckham's was about a six six 
I want to say six six seven. So a six seven eight three cone for a two hundred and fifty five pound tight end is just silly. That definitely got people's attention and pro- probably made up for the four eight forty. The rest of the times haven't been updated yet because we're recording this pretty much immediately after the drills wrapped up. But as of right now, Adam Troutman has the fastest three cone drill time. The rest of them, like I said, are not there, but still that's the fastest out of the tight end group by a significant margin. The next closest person is another FCS pro- uh, project, Charlie Tomopeo, and he had seven seconds. That's a pretty big leap between the two guys, but overall, tested athletically where you needed him to. You don't need him to have this super crazy 40-yard dash time. He's not a burner, but he's big. He's athletic. He's going to be a consistent red red zone threat. And then the one thing that a lot of people were always talking about Troutman was how polished he was in a lot of aspects of his game. Fundamentally, we were able to really see that in a competitive setting against all of these other tight ends that were coming from bigger schools. Speaking of a guy that came from a bigger school, Albert uh, Okawagum, Obviously, probably mispronouncing that again. Easily the hardest name to pronounce in this year's draft class. But for Missouri, he held the fastest 40 time out of any tight end. 4-4-9, 40-yard dash. That really fits his game because he is very, very athletic, super fast. And we saw that with his 40 time. Yeah, I, I definitely did not see a sub 4-5 coming from him. He does have the ability to stretch the field. He can run seam routes very well. He tracks the ball well going down the field, but I, I did not see a four four nine coming from him. According to Next Gen Stats, he is one of just four tight ends to basically ace the combine since well they go back to Vernon Davis in two thousand six and Akue Boonham actually did one point better on their grading scale than Davis did. He is at a 99 out of 100, along with Evan Ingram, Kobe Fleener, and Noah Fant from last year. So he had himself a day. Well, evening, night. Yeah, we don't even know what time period we're in anymore with the newness to the Combine and the way that they've changed it. Uh, Okawega Boonham, still probably mispronouncing it, I'm going to just stop trying to pronounce it properly, but (laughs) Albert O. Albert O. Let's go with that. He had a very good day testing wise. 258 is his weight and he's six foot five. And we send to see, we tend to see a, a, a tendency for these tight ends that have fast forties to see a huge rise in their draft stock. If you want to talk about Evan Ingram, who, like you mentioned, or Noah Fant, these faster guys, were able to see themselves find their way into the first round. He probably won't be a first-round guy, but he will be one of the first tight ends off the board, especially seeing that number and how fast he is playing at that weight. Very, very athletic mover for a very big guy. And Also, it's it's a huge plus that he's 6'5 and had 34 and 1 inch arms. Our first receiver was a guy that some people were saying should be moving to tight end. Well, he pretty much hushed any of those speculations about him moving to tight end, and that is Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. He had a 4-4-2 40-yard dash. Now, that seems fast. Yes, 4-4-2 is a pretty fast number, but you have to consider he's six foot four and weighed in at 238 pounds. That is crazy speed for a guy that's probably 
in the 230 range because it was quoted during the combine that his weight was significantly up because he drank way too much water before weigh-ins. Nothing wrong with that. Had 19 bench reps, 40.5-inch broad jump, and oh, a vertical jump rather, and a 126-inch broad. That makes a lot more sense. But still, those are astronomical numbers for a tight or a, a receiver. Rather, I'm getting caught up on the tight end stuff. At his size, people were freaking out last year over DK Metcalf, and these numbers are pretty comparable. They really are, and. I'll admit in my scouting report, I kind of leaned into maybe he is transitioning to tight end because that is a, you know, he is a big receiver. But if that was water weight, maybe he had something salty and was holding water. It happens. Just athletically for his size, we'll say, let's say he drops some water and is closer to like 230, 232. Athletically, he is basically Calvin Johnson. Now, that's not saying he is anywhere near the receiving prospect that Calvin Johnson is, but the athletic tools are very similar. We'll have to wait and see what his agility scores are, but at least right now, explosive and linear, he is. He definitely stands out, and this is one hell of a uh, receiver class to be standing out from. Certainly making a name for himself and separating with performances like this. I do agree, though, we need to see what his agility numbers are because the big knock on DK Metcalf that pushed him into the second round last year were pretty unspectacular agility numbers in his short shuttle and his three cone. And that really raised questions for a guy playing a position that requires you to make quick cuts in your routes and you need that kind of quick feet to be able to cut properly in your routes. So if Claypool has good numbers, which should hopefully be updated soon, that will also add to him being a winner. But without them, I'm fully content saying that he is a winner from today's drills. Next guy who had a very good 40 time, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU, 4-4-3-40 time. And then you got to love his measurements, 33-inch arms, as well as a 37.5-inch vertical Super athletic guy, and I don't think a lot of people really expected him to run in those four fours. The, I, most people assumed that he was athletic, talented receiver, but I don't think that either either of us, for that fact, would have expected him to to run this fast. No, I basically tweeted out immediately that that was a fantastic run from him, and he backed it up. It, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't just a great start with. You know, really good technique. He's got that speed. And as productive as he was, you know, there was the thought that maybe he was getting by on technique and savvy. And that is not a bad skill set to have. But when you can have that technique and savvy and have the athleticism to back it up and really unleash that technique, that is just really good for to see from a prospect. You know, to have that 4-4 speed where you can get down the field, you can put a defensive back on his heels, and then an almost 40-inch vertical, almost you know, 37 and a half inches, that's pretty good. Where you can go up, climb the ladder, high point the ball. He has a ton of tools, and he is more than just a possession receiver. Our next receiver is... 
in a situation where he too ran a faster 40 time than people were expecting. And that is Denzel Mims from Baylor ran a 4.38 and he is a 6 foot 3 receiver weighed in around 207 pounds. Those are great numbers all around. Not super heavy, not super bulky, but great speed for a taller guy. He also has 33 and 7 eighth inch arms. Those are super long arms for a receiver. That type of catch radius and frame on a receiver is very, very good, especially for his speed. 16-inch reps reps at the that arm length is also very, very good. And the 38.5-inch vertical. Talented guy all around and someone who flashed their athleticism and brought a lot of eyes to scouts at the combine yeah and you could see what he was capable of on the field now he didn't run a super complex route tree or really play in anything like a pro style offense at baylor but you could see the ball skills you could see him make adjustments pluck the ball out of the air and you could see him use his size and athleticism on the field and it was great to see him confirm that here at the combine we have yet another big guy that tested very very well now his testing was nothing crazy but performed higher than most expectations and that's michael Pittman jr from usc six foot four 223 pounds big physical receiver he clocked in at four five one seconds on his 40 and then he had a 36.5 inch vertical to go along with a 10 and one inch broad jump so Good numbers for the big-bodied receiver. He's a bit more known for being larger, aggressive, being physical. But to have those athletic traits and to also answer those questions from scouts, that really helps his draft stock. I think a decent amount of people were expecting him to run in that 4-6 range. The fact that he ran a lot faster than them, than that really, really helps him. It, it really does. I, I think... The comparison has kind of been in the back of people's minds with Pittman is Juju Smith-Schuster, which is, considering as good as he has been for Pittsburgh, that is not a bad comparison to have. But Pittman came in, and he was bigger, taller, faster, and more explosive than Smith-Schuster. So he didn't have the crazy day that Henry Ruggs or Claypool or Mims had, but Kind of like Jefferson, he had a really good a really good day that showed off athleticism that people weren't exactly sure that he had. Last receiver is another guy, yet another guy. All of these guys had crazy athletic performances in their specific athletic testing. But besides Claypool, he arguably had one of the best days all around. Now, Claypool looked really good at his size, but... This guy tested at the top of multiple drills, and that was Donovan Peoples Jones from Michigan, six foot two, two hundred and twelve pounds. He had a four four eight forty, which is a pretty good number for him. But he had the best vertical jump, forty five, uh, forty four point five inch vertical, and then a eleven foot and seven inch broad jump, which I also believe was the best for the receiver group. So crazy explosiveness for Peoples Jones, big opportunity for him to increase his draft stock yeah i and i think the thing that people really need to take away is that this is a ridiculously good wide receiver class any of these guys would be the talk of the combine almost any other year and none of them are the top prospect to me that is frankly amazing you know every year you do have somebody who 
kind of, who will step up and r- raise some eyebrows, maybe a small school guy who hasn't had a whole lot of eyes on his film yet and will put up a workout that will force scouts back to the tape. But these are guys that people have watched. They've been out there. They're not small school guys. One of them's a national champion. Notre Dame, USC, Michigan, these are not small schools. These aren't unknown guys. But they look like they could be top three, top five players in any other draft class. And they're just kind of the pack in this one. Next, we're going to discuss our quarterbacks and then wrap it up with our performers of the day. But before we do that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Now, a quarterback does not have as much of an importance as it typically did over the past few years for the Giants as it does this year. Despite Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman trying to be as non-committal as possible to Daniel Jones during press conferences and claiming open competition at every position, he's still likely the franchise quarterback for the New York Giants. But for the implications that we've continually discussed throughout this offseason, it is important to know the draft stocks of every quarterback in this year's class because the more of them that go in the first round, the more of an opportunity the Giants have to accumulate draft picks in an event to trade back, which was made public that it is a very good possibility it could happen after Dave Gettleman declared that they are open for business in a willingness to trade back this year. That being said, the first guy who he is starting to become a riser and he was one of our risers from the Senior Bowl, that is Justin Herbert from Oregon. A surprisingly fast 40 time, 468 40 time, 35.5 inch vertical, but overall looked very, very clean. I did not really see anything from him in those throwing drills that was any cause for concern. Other guys had a lot of issues with their timing, and understandably, it's throwing to a bunch of receivers that you're not used to and guys that you don't know. However, he looked pretty good. He didn't look rattled. He looked pretty comfortable and had some good, nice touch on his on his balls when he was throwing. Yeah, the, the short throws were maybe a little hit and miss. They were, for the most part, all very catchable. And that's just the sort of thing you see at the combine where you 
don't have a whole lot of margin for error on those on those short throws and there's basically no experience in chemistry between the quarterback and receiver so that's really nothing to get concerned about he's big he's got a strong arm we saw that he's got a got the ability to place deep balls well we saw that i think he is a better athlete than we really expected but i don't think anyone really expected him to be you know a an immobile statue either our next quarterback jordan love from utah state and he has been in the conversation for a while now for that final quarterback to go in the first round of the NFL draft. Well, a lot of it was going to be based on one, how does he look at the senior bowl Two, how does he look during the NFL combine and overall, how does he improve his draft stock through things like interviews meetings? He has huge upside for the quarterback position, but had a lot of issues in his final year at Utah state, throwing a ton of interceptions understandably with very limited talent around him. Well, he looked pretty good at the NFL combine today. He ran a 4.74, 40-time, 35.5-inch vertical, and we were really able to see his arm strength on full display during the passing drills. Now, when I was talking about some guys that had some issues with timing, he did have some overthrows. He wasn't perfectly clean, but you got to know what you're investing in and getting with Jordan Love. You're getting a guy with a cannon for an arm, and you're getting a guy that has a unique ability to throw on the run. And we were able to see some pretty good throws from him today. Yeah, I think it did help him that he was in the second group of quarterbacks, which was not as good as the first group with Herbert and Jalen Hurts and Anthony Gordon and those guys. Yeah, The other guy who kind of stood out from that second group was... Steven Montez of Colorado, who had some very nice passes himself. But you know, Love was, I think, who we kind of expected him to be. He looked really good throwing against air. He looked really good running in shorts and a t-shirt. His big questions are ones I don't think you can answer on the field at the Combine. He's going to have to answer them on the field and when teams put him on the whiteboard. He did make himself look good when there was the least amount of possible pressure. And it's tough to analyze a guy like him coming from a small school in his throwing ability when he's not going up against top-tier talent on a consistent basis and then not even getting him to see getting to see him do that in this evaluation process at the combine. Our last guy is someone who probably won't be in the first round, but is a bit of a late sleeper with some Gardner Minshew type hype as far as potential to maybe be a good quarterback prospect that could turn into a starter, be an unexpected sleeper at the quarterback position. That is Anthony Gordon, who was also at the Senior Bowl, had a pretty good arm. His release looked very good, just looked very, very good in the in the throwing drills. Nothing athletically that really comes off, pay, off the paper and really catches your attention, but the throwing was the the big key for him, and he continues to look very, very good, which he already showed during the Senior Bowl. Yeah, you know, physically, he is Anthony Gordon is nothing special. You know, he's six, a little over 6'2", 205. He's not particularly fast, but he has probably, of the guys who threw, the nicest release of anyone 
in Indianapolis. You know, maybe Joe Burrow would be able to challenge him for that if he had, if he had thrown, but he didn't. You know, maybe his hands were too small to grip the ball. I don't know. But Gordon has you know, a really compact, really just snappy release. You could clearly see his upper body and lower body. Both of them are engaged. He transfers power really well. And it's not any kind of a long whippy motion. It is very compact, very efficient, and very accurate. Sadly, like you said, though, we did not get to see Joe Burrow and what he is capable of because he opted out of throwing in these drills. Top two prospects in this year's draft class just so happened to decide that they didn't want to participate in the combine drills despite making the trip to Indianapolis. But we didn't get to see him. That's a shame. We will get to see the next group of players tomorrow at 4 to 11 o'clock again, which we will be back with you immediately after breaking things down for you and giving you the latest winners for each position group to finish up today's show. We're going to give each our own biggest winners, best performer of the day. My pick, Chris, has to be Chase Claypool. Athletically, what he was able to show he can do at that size is incredible. Like you said, there has been speculation about him potentially moving the tight end. Is he better off as a tight end prospect because of how big and heavy he came in at? The fact that he can move at that size, it answers all those questions. He does not belong playing tight end. He is going to be a receiver in this league, and he could very well turn into be a great starter because we saw a lot of good stuff from him at Notre Dame. Now we know he has the athletic traits to back it up. Yeah, I actually agree with you there completely. I think of everyone who we saw today, he, I think, really made the most money for himself. But just to have a different name, I will say Albert O. Yeah, this is a this is just not a great tight end class. And it was just begging for somebody to step forward and become TE1. I think maybe there was some thought that Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue was going to be TE1. Now, he had a, a nice day himself, but I think with that 4-4-9 and just looking as good as he did in as many of the drills as he did, of the tight ends, Alberto really kind of separated himself. And I think there are going to be quite a few scouts going back and re-watching his tape, maybe learning how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> hey, pronunciation is going to be the big key for uh, for him, but I completely agree with you, him being a, a, a big winner from today. If you are going to run a sub 4-5-40 as a tight end, that is enough to make yourself and establish you as tight end one, or at least tight end two. His draft is going to be flying up because maybe he didn't have a, a, a perfect 2019 tape that shows all of his abilities. But if you have a tight end that runs that fast in a tight end based league that has a lot of success from teams with good tight ends, well, teams are going to take a chance on a guy like that. If it means they can have established offensive success, stay waiting for our Friday show after the next day of the NFL combine will be coming at you with that but thank you for tuning in as always folks be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us and also follow us on social media at big blue view you can follow me at joe de leon and you can follow chris at raptor mkii <laughs>